even like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, right? I, right. I, I'm one of the first like 500,000 users on on Twitter, right? Like if you you pull up your Twitter account, I forget where you can see it at, but you can actually see your user ID. Yeah. And now there's like, you know, 200 million, you know, whatever users. I'm literally in the first 500,000, right? That's how early yeah. I was on Twitter. And um, and so I remember like tweeting stuff and and my you know brother-in-law, sister-in-law, like, what do you, who cares that you're eating pizza? Who cares that you're watching UFC? Like, what are you talking about? Like the vlogs, are the same thing. If I pull the camera out, my brother-in-law would flip me off, right? Or he would yeah. specifically say something knowing that I couldn't use it because he didn't want to be on camera. Right. And then funny, funny enough, years later, he ends up starting his own channel and they have a successful YouTube channel oh, as well. Shoot. So it's always, it's always funny about that. I, I give a shit about that. <laughs> Welcome to Thardux, a podcast for content creators to come on to share their stories, experiences, and advice. And I am super excited to have an OG vlogger, content creator, Clintus. Welcome to Thardux. How's it going? Nice to meet you. So happy nice you're on. Nice to meet you. I'm, uh, it's a long time coming. We've been talking, <laughs> we've been talking for <laughs> weeks. And uh, it's been, I'm glad we finally got our schedules lined up and, and we're here and ready to yeah, rock and roll. I'm excited. So what we normally do is we start things off with three rapid questions just to get the juices flowing. So are you ready? I'm ready. All right. When is it okay to play Christmas music? Uh, after Thanksgiving. Okay. So you can sit with anybody in the world, past or present, and have a conversation with them. Who are you picking? Uh, Kevin Smith. Okay. The writer, and, director. Yeah. So, and finally, best thing about living in Arizona? Oh, uh, personally, I love the smell after rain, oh, which we okay. don't get very often, but when we do, it is, it is my favorite. My, that's probably my favorite thing about Arizona, which, so I guess that's kind of weird. Cause it's like, it only happens a couple times a year, but when it does, it's like the best, oh, a desert, cool. that desert smell. It's, there's a specific plant here, uh, that's native called a creosote bush. Mm -hmm. uh really tiny leaves it gets yellow flowers in the spring uh in the in like the hottest parts of the of the year most of the leaves will fall off it looks like a stick yeah. bush uh but it, it secretes this like oil and uh that is actually what gives it that desert smell when it, when it rains the oh. water hits that oil and it's it's i i wish i could bottle it up i love the smell of it so much cool all right so i've discovered you i think you started the come i don't know how long ago you started playing tarkov but you started showing up in people's other people's streams and whatnot and twitter and it's like oh cool who's this guy all right let's get him on and so then i looked I like holy crap he's vlogging from you know 10 years at least it's like oh baby he has a great story to tell so i am so happy you're here and then i saw a tweet where you did something with tahin and watermelon watermelon i was like oh that's a crazy concept yeah, yeah. I uh, born and raised here in Phoenix, Arizona. A lot of Mexican food, a lot of Southwest, uh, you know, uh, vibes when it comes to uh, food and culture. And in fact, I worked in a Mexican food restaurant uh, most of my young young life. And uh, so my dad worked in a produce company and always had fresh vegetables. And so yeah, I like I like spicy food. I love chilies and and limes and and that whole you know that aesthetic. Even yeah. though my favorite my favorite food is Asian. I love yeah. all like Asian food, you know, whether it be Japanese, Chinese, Korean, Thai, Vietnamese, like I love it all. That's my favorite food. But yeah. again, being born and raised here, we eat a lot of Mexican food. Now, being in Arizona, I can't imagine 
do you really get a lot of good fresh seafood out there or do you have to go to the coast to get that yeah no i, I mean i guess it's it's relative to if you're born on the coast and then you come to like you know inland i'm sure you can tell the difference between you know fresh and good yeah. and this and that yeah but i mean i've heard i know with like sushi and stuff like that i've heard and i don't know this 100 but i've heard like frozen is actually okay frozen is actually tastes better than oh, okay. fresh from the sea um because something about like you know the, the freezing process and then thawing i don't know so yeah. i don't know how that is but yeah so we, we have got some fantastic restaurants and fantastic chefs here um in fact my, my buddy's birthday just like a month or two ago we went to a little japanese place and they had a very special uh i, I don't want i don't know if he's famous but a, yeah. a, a named chef they came in and they had an omakase menu where he picked everything and you know it was just a and so we have that kind of stuff here but i'm, yeah. I'm sure it's few and far between um so i i'd imagine nowadays in in 2022 you can get fresh stuff delivered and shipped yep. anywhere you That's know so true cool all right so you're a vlogger you're a content creator two different things all together what is your background so you grew up in arizona you know what uh what was growing up in arizona like you know up until you got to high school or finished high school i guess uh same as it is now hot dry <laughs> it's everyone right now is going there's like an, ex, like an extreme heat wave going across like europe and, and other parts yeah. of, the, of the of the world and it's like uh, everyone's posting their screenshots of their weather and their car you know dashboard thermometers and i'm like that's every day here in arizona <laughs> yeah. uh you know, we, we, it's, it's honestly though, like we have, you know, we have what's called snowbirds, you know, when the weather yep. starts to get nice, people from like the Midwest and, and the North come to here for the winters. Cause we have such amazing winters yep. um, in Phoenix metropolitan, you know, there's no snow. You want to get snow, you two miles North to Flagstaff, uh, Prescott Payson, you get all the snow you want. You go even further to like the grand Canyon and yeah. it, it gets cold here for sure. That's the best part is that you can be in the Valley metropolitan area all the culture you know we've got some theme parks and some water parks and stuff yeah. like that you go two miles north and in, 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 you know three or four different directions and you can hit the pine trees you get the cooler temperatures and you know there's all these little, other little towns uh, yeah. and cities the flagstaff's a very big town we you know there's nau up there. there's a d1 college yeah um so it's not too small but there's a lot of small little towns up there but yeah yeah no being being down here you know uh it's it's crazy because we are in a valley. We're surrounded by mountains. Yeah. But, you know, it's still far enough uh, spread out that Phoenix is very sprawled out. And uh, over the last, you know, 40 years of, of my life, seeing the city and the, and the housing just continue to push out yeah. to every mountain, right? It used to be oh, like very wow. much the middle. And you'd have to drive and you'd drive across farmland, a lot of farmland here. Yeah. Uh, and to get to the next like big city, right? Whereas now yeah. everything's just connected. You could be driving down the road and not realize, you know, you're from Phoenix. Now you're in Glendale. Then you're in Peoria. Now you're back into Phoenix because Phoenix kind of does this weird like sprawl thing and yeah. city, city, city. And you don't even realize you've switched cities because it's just all connected. Yeah. Um, I know when I've traveled across like, you know, Texas and, and New Mexico, there's big gaps between cities, right? Yeah. We're literally it's just fields and, and mountains or whatever. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I uh, grew up riding dirt bikes. Um, you know, my nice. dad raced dirt bikes. Yeah, in fact, he still does. At 65, he still races in the <laughs> wow. vet vet class. Um, so ride dirt bikes. Didn't really do a lot of camping or even like water sports, even though you think here in Arizona, water sports are a big deal. Yeah. We've got lakes and, and stuff like that. Went out with friends and, and played and stuff, but never really got into it. Dirt bikes was our thing. So yeah, cool. Uh, grew up riding those and racing those. And yeah. so a lot of desert activities. 
Yeah, cool. Well, I know what you mean by snowbirds because I'm I'm from Canada originally. So my in-laws are snowbirds. They go from Ontario down to Florida every winter. And it's yeah. So you probably get an influx of Canadians and whatnot. You know, people from Minnesota coming down and take over some of your little towns. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, we have a lot of retirement communities here. You know, yeah. fifty-five plus. And I know I used to work in one uh, outside of uh, college, and it was like in the summer, it was dead. Like there yeah. was just nobody around. In the winter, golf carts everywhere. The restaurants were booming because they had all these people. That, they had two homes, right? These yeah. are people who had a summer home and a winter home. So yeah, very much is that and very much that. Oh, cool. So what? Um, when did you start playing video games? When did that all start? I mean, I'm, I'm one of those kids that have been playing video games their whole life. Uh, you know, started with an Atari, yeah. uh, Nintendo, NES original I got for, we got for Christmas. I have two younger brothers, so I was the oldest. Yeah. So it was mine, right? Because uh, they were too young to really know and appreciate <laughs> it and play it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've been playing video games pretty much my whole life. Um, yeah. Got into high school and kind of, it was a summer thing. Like when, when it was summertime, I was playing video games. In school, not so much. I was hanging out yeah. with friends or doing whatever. Um, and then I didn't get my first PC until I was in like I, I, senior year in high school. My dad, I, I wanted a car, yeah. but I also wanted a PC. And he goes, one or the other. Oh. I'll either give you the, I'll either give you the money for the car, or I'll give you the money for the PC. Yeah. And it was hard because I really wanted that car, and I was a senior, and I was all like, you know, I want to be my own car. I want right. my parents, you know, beaters and stuff. But I had that thought of like. Well, I technically still have a car because I'm driving my parents' vehicles. Yeah. I don't have a computer. I'll take the computer. So I got, a, I got my, my, my parents bought a PC for the family. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it was, again, mine being the oldest. Yes. And uh, I started playing StarCraft. That was my first like PC game. Yeah. Prior to that, my friends all had PCs. And this is back when, you know, Windows 95, where you had to like do the DOS <sighs> command oh, God, prompt yes. to, to load the CDs, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I played Command and Conquer. I played Doom and Wolfenstein. Oh, right. But my first PC game was StarCraft. And then, yeah. um, in fact, best summer of my life to this day was the summer I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. I was working in that Mexican restaurant that I mentioned. Yeah. And uh, I had had my had a girlfriend, my my wife now. We've been we're high school sweethearts, so oh, we, no we've been way. together since then. I would I, here's my schedule, right? So I'm just gonna start it off with I woke up around 10, uh, 10 o'clock noon, somewhere on there, right? Yeah. Wake up, eat some lunch, uh, go to work at four. Mm -hmm. I would work from four to ten or four to eleven, depending on what night of the week it was. Yeah. I would go to my girlfriend's house, hang out with her for about an hour until she went to bed, come back home. Everybody in my house is asleep, right? Yeah. Fire up the PC and I would play multiplayer StarCraft for mm, you know anywhere till till like one in the morning or so yeah go to waffle house because they're open 24 7 <laughs> get myself a double order of hash browns scattered smothered covered diced and peppered mm -hmm. eat that come back and play starcraft until my dad's alarm clock w w went off at like <laughs> five in the morning sun was up I'd be playing starcraft i'd hear his alarm clock now i know my dad mr yeah. snooze a clock right he snoozed it three times but the first alarm was my time to go to bed. Yeah. And that's what I did. I went to bed and then like I said, I'd wake up at around noon again and start to do it all over again. That was my, that was my summer for about six weeks. Yeah. And then I started college. Yeah. Uh, my college was year round. So it was a private college. And so I, I went to school at the end of like June, like June 20th, something was when yeah. I started college. 
that little that little six weeks, man, was like the best summer of my oh. life because it was like I was on my own time. I didn't have any restrictions. I went to work, made my money, went to my girlfriend's house, video games, whatever. It was awesome. And Waffle House. And Waffle House. <laughs> and as we get older, I'm I just turned fifty or forty. The metabolism couldn't handle that these days, you know. Night after oh, yeah. night of Waffle House. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so I looking back on, on, you know, your years of playing video games, what really stands out as a couple of your top favorite games? The funny thing is, I, I even though I've been gaming my, you know, my own entire my entire life. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I never got into these big like uh, franchises, right? Yeah. Like I never got into Final Fantasy. I never got into Halo. I yeah. never got into there's there's so many games and and types of games that I never got into Assassin's Creed, um, yeah. Skyrims, and, the, and the, like I just it was very simple. Like you know, as a kid, it was Nintendo, Sega, yeah. Super Nintendo. Um, I got a GameCube. Or I'm sorry, um, what was I called? The Dreamcast, the Sega yeah. Dreamcast. Oh yeah. Uh, Nintendo 64, and then high school kind of got out of it. 64 was yeah. the only thing I played got my PC and I was all about first person shooters. So when I went yeah. to college, I bought my own PC. I, I, I financed and got my own PC from Dell yeah. and I fell in love with counter-strike. Oh, okay. And so I started playing counter-strike, the original like 1.6, you know, yeah. beta, uh, and played that day of defeat, a couple other mods played oh, tribes Two. it was all about the online multiplayer. Cause I, yeah. you know, cause I loved, I found that, that genre. I loved it. And yeah. so all I played was first person shooters online. Yeah. I didn't play anything else. Um, I'd get a new one and play the campaign, like Half-Life 2, play that campaign. Uh, yeah. Medal of Honor, play that campaign. But that was about it. And then yeah. um, my senior year in college, a friend of mine introduced me to EVE Online. Yep. And EVE, EVE Online had just launched. It was this new MMO. Um, dabbled with that and absolutely fell in love with that. Again, it. it's online. Yeah. There's some PvP, there's multiplayer, but it was mm -hmm. like this new type of game where it's like, okay, wait, I can do all of these things to make my ship and my character better for yeah. pvp and that was my first taste of like an you know it is an mmo but it was my right. first taste of like that like i don't know like rpg where like yeah. you, you you're building up a character right and uh pc took a crap burned out and uh had my first kid so it was one of those like well i guess my gaming days are over right and i stopped yeah. gaming for a while there uh, until my wife decided to say, hey, we can we get a console. And I was going to, we were supposed to get an Xbox. Yeah. But every game she looked at, like she was looking at all the box, you know, the games at the game store and nothing really appealed to her. Oh, no. She kept wait, going your back wife to, was a gamer too? Well, she like played Nintendo. Like that was her yeah. thing, right? She played Nintendo. Oh, cool. But the thing was, is like, that's the problem is she was looking at all the, the Xbox titles and nothing really grabbed her. She right. kept looking at the Nintendo games. So we ended up getting a GameCube yeah. instead of the Xbox. And we got like Mario Kart and, you know, the, the typical yeah. Nintendo games. And she fell out of it within a week or two. Like it was just <laughs> over. And I'm like, why do we buy this GameCube if you don't even, you know? And so I ended up getting Metroid Prime, yeah. which was like the first first person shooter on, you know, on GameCube. And I yeah. loved that because the same thing. It had that like RPG element of like, go do this thing, unlock this weapon, unlock this world. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. And um, uh, shortly after that, I, I don't remember the exact timeline, but I reached out to my friends on Facebook and was like, all right, guys, I'm ready to get a console. I'm ready to get back into gaming. What are you guys on? What are you guys playing? What, do you, what, what console are you on? 
I had like two friends that said Xbox, and then I had unanimously everyone said PlayStation 3. Yeah. And they're all playing Modern Warfare 2. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, let me look into this. And then I realized, oh, there's online play now. So I grabbed a PlayStation, grabbed a, grabbed a Call of Duty, and yeah. that night I was online playing with like four of my friends, just like the old days in college. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and that was like my jump back into gaming. Oh, nice. And like every night after work, weekends, like it, I was up again till like two or three in the morning playing, yeah. you know, Call of Duty multiplayer with, with, uh, you know, my brother-in-law, yeah. some friends, made some new friends, joined a yeah. clan. <laughs> oh, nice. And for years, that's all I did was all I, all I played was Call of Duty multiplayer. Even, even after, you know, having PlayStation for so long. Yeah. That's all I played until I started getting into like content creation. Yeah. You know, I had been, been doing the vlogs and, uh, uh, you know, was gaming on the side, but then I was like, oh, I should have a gaming channel, right? So I started yeah. making like gameplays and did a little Minecraft, did a little GTA because it was what was popular on YouTube. Yeah. And um, played some games with my kids. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I got back into gaming. Oh, cool. You know, there was like this hiatus and this break. You know, yeah. my PC took a crap and I didn't have a console. And so that's how I kind of like got back into gaming. Yeah. Oh, very awesome. Now, gaming with the kids, when the kids got of age to play games, that's that's a neat experience. So I've got three kids and, you know, my experience with the kids were like, you know, six or seven. My youngest was, we're, or my oldest, we started Star Wars Lego. And then, you know, graduate, as they were got a little older, mouse and keyboard was, you know, they were able to use that. So then we jumped to Minecraft. And Minecraft ran through the house for about 10 years, at least. And to this day, my 19-year-old still, I'll catch him and his buddies. They'll just dabble back to Minecraft occasionally. And it's just it's such a cool experience to see them grow and, and you know, gravitate to games like, you know, like Dad did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, my kids are, you know, my daughter's 17, my son's 15. Um, Minecraft was definitely one of the early, early games they enjoyed playing. Yeah. Um, you know, when I started this whole journey, it was, uh, you know, I, I was gaming for the streams or yeah. I'm sorry for the, for the YouTube videos. Yeah. And then, um, I got a PlayStation four when destiny came out Yeah. and that was the first game that took me away from call of duty oh, on wow. my own personal, like I want to play video games. This is what I'm going to play. And, uh, and that's what it was. It was, it was destiny. And oh, nice. so my son played a little bit with me when he got his PlayStation, he ended up getting a copy of destiny. He played a little bit with me there. Yeah. My daughter played Minecraft by herself. Yeah. But even then when they were that little, they weren't really into gaming. Like today, you know, iPads and iPhones, it's so yeah. easy to be getting the gaming, the switch. Yeah. Um, you know, Game Boy was a thing, but not really. I wasn't a game. I've, I've never really been a big mobile gamer. Mm -hmm. um, I don't own a Switch. My wife has a Switch that she never uses. As she, <laughs> she hasn't changed. She's still like a, you know, a temp, uh, what's that called? Like a, not even a, I don't even call her a part-time gamer. She's like a uh, sometimes gamer, right? Yeah. Every six months, she pulls out the Switch <laughs> and she's like, oh, video games. Um, my my daughter's very much like that. She yeah. she has a, my old PlayStation, my, my, my original white PlayStation that I had wow. from when Destiny launched. And, uh, you know, she'll turn that thing on like once every three months, play for like a week straight. Like, in fact, right now, my kids are playing, uh, you know, either Dead by Daylight or Fortnite together. Yeah. And it's like, then she gets out of it. Like she plays it hard <laughs> for like a week or two and then she gets out of it. Yeah. And uh, whereas my son definitely followed my footsteps and he's a gamer. He's yeah. he's all in. Games. Oh, cool. So back to college. So you went to college. What did you go to college for? You said computer animation? Originally went for computer animation, yeah. Uh, 3D modeling, 3D animation. I learned Maya, oh uh, which God. is a industry standard, yeah. you know, 3D 3D rendering modeling. Yeah. Um, did about two years of that, and then mid, you know, mid mid uh, sophomore junior year, uh, they hired this new uh, instructor, and he launched a whole new video production 
uh, major. Yeah. And I, I did video production and yearbook back in high school. So I was in photography and video and I loved editing video. I loved editing video to music. Like I love making like music video style. Yeah. Uh, you know, I made movie trailers for made up movies just because like I wanted <laughs> to edit video to music. Um, but when he started that major, that program, I shifted gears. I, I took the, the entry to level uh, class and I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. I, Cause I never really, really latched onto the 3d modeling. I'm not very creative, even to this day. I, I don't, I'm not very original when it comes to ideas. I see someone else do something and yeah. I'm like, I can do that. Or I can do a flavor of a version of that, right. right? Or I can improve that or, yeah. Exactly. And so when I was doing the modeling, it was like, you know, hey, make a turtle out of a box. Yeah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like how? And they're like, well, here, let me show you. Then they'd show you how to do it. And you're like, oh, wow, it's possible. And then I'm trying to do it. I'm like, I, I, don't, under I don't understand how this works. Yeah. And so I shifted from modeling to animation. So then it was like, give me your model, I'll animate it. Yeah. And I'm even when I did that, I was like, mm, it's, it's too like it's too like pins and needles, like yes. crochet, like it's too fine for me. And I'm like, mm, I need big brush strokes, right? Right. So video just called to me because it was like, you shoot, you slap it in the timeline, you chop, 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 you yeah. move things around, you add some music, you get the timing just right. That was more my style and my my vibe. Yeah. So I switched my major. And I ended up graduating with a Bachelor of Arts in Multimedia. Um, and and that's so video production. I wanted to make movies, right? I yeah. wanted to, my dream job was to make movie trailers. Because again, <laughs> I liked editing music to, uh, or editing right. video to music, yeah. right? Or making music videos, right? And I took the whole game. But the only thing I didn't do was sound. Sound was the only thing I didn't learn in college. Never took the class. I had enough credits. I didn't need it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, video, uh, like, director of photography mm -hmm. and color and uh, editing were my, my three things. Yeah. And so uh, when I, when I graduated, I right away got a, got a, a internship on a set of a movie. Yeah. And um, I, I worked on a movie set like right after college. And then shortly after that, I worked on another set and I, I just kind of, I was like, this is it. Things are moving along. We're, we're, yeah. you know, we're getting there. Um, it was, uh, it was short lived though, because while I was also, while I was doing this and pursuing a career, mm -hmm. my, like I said earlier, my, my wife and I were together high school with sweethearts. We had just bought a house. Yeah. We built, built a brand new house, uh, out in the outskirts of, of, like I said, the towns were growing, right? Yeah. So we were way that we were, we were out in the, the sticks, so to speak back then. Um, and, uh, we were, we were engaged, we we're planning our wedding. And so graduated college. And in fact, the last month when I said we were, you know, I was graduating is when I told my wife, it's like, okay, we got the house. We got the wedding around the corner. Um, uh, I was like, I guess, I mean, she, my wife wanted to be a mom, right? Yeah. We asked her in high school what she wants to be when she grows up. The only thing she could say with a certainty was I want to be a mom. I just uh -huh. want to be a mom. I want to have kids. That's, that's, that was her, like her dream thing. Right. Yeah. And so uh, my wife and I both, our ma, our parents had had kids young, and yeah. they're still together. Um, and so it was one of those things where, in our minds, we we're going to have our kids young as well yeah. in our twenties, and you know that way we have our forties to to do our own things. Just like our, again, just looking at our parents' blueprint, so to speak. Yeah. So I told her, I was like, yeah, well, maybe we can start trying for a kid. You know, I'm thinking that's going to take a while. Yeah. You know, no big deal. First month of trying, we get pregnant. <laughs> last day of school, my last day of college, I'm just, you know, moseying around. It's my last yeah. day, saying bye to people, hanging out in the cafeteria, you know, the cafe. She calls me. She's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm just, you know, hanging around. She's like, 
well, come home. I got a surprise for you. Oh boy. I'm thinking she just painted the bathroom or something, right? Because yeah. she's all excited about decorating the house. I get home and there's a pregnancy test. We're pregnant. We got our, you know, first, first kid. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how, like, you know, we, we bought the house, we got married, graduated college, had a kid. Like we yep. had that fairy tale storybook, you know? And so, um, I'm sitting here trying to make movies and doing this industry where I have friends that are literally hopping into one car, like four people in one car going to LA and couch surfing while they work on the set of this movie. Yeah. And I'm over here going like, I got a wife and a kid and a mortgage. I can't, I can't, I can't do that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I can't do that. And that's when it really hit me. It was like, shit. Like now I understand, you know, why some people wait to have kids in their thirties or whatever. Cause right, like you, yeah. you're, you're, you're figuring in your life out and you're figuring out your career and, I did the, I want to be a dad and my wife wants to be a mom. Let's, let's do that. And it's like, yep. well, I guess that career is going to be put on hold. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was hard. It was rough. I, you know, yeah. I, had, I had some friends that found success. They're very successful today in, in Hollywood and in the industry. Um, we bought our house and this was like 2007. Uh, well, actually, no, it was earlier than that. Shit. 2004 or five, 2005, maybe. Um, I was working for a studio uh, in Scottsdale and they ended up closing up shop after three months. They still owed me for like a month's worth of pay. They were just like, this ain't working out. We're out. We're going to cut our losses. And I had two guys I was working with and they kind of pitched me this idea like, Hey, we're going to keep working, doing movies. We're self-sufficient. We're reliant. If you could find a way to take care of you and your family, we'd love to keep working with you. And we had the crazy idea of taking a second mortgage out on our house. Yeah. Because, you know, the house market was crazy. We you right. know, were overvalued on our house. And we lived off of that while we made these movies. Oh, shit. And for a year, it was just like hustle mode, right? I was on the set of this movie. I was working on editing this movie. And, yeah. and I flew to Texas to do this and that and Hollywood. And it didn't work out. Year yeah. later, these guys are like, all right, well, we, we're done with Phoenix. We're going to go to Texas. And there's some work out there you know, we want you to come with us. <laughs> Same thing. I'm like, well, I got a mortgage that I now I'm upside down on and I got cars and I got kids and I'm yeah. like, no, man, peace out. Yeah. Um, so I went back to the nine to five and uh, uh, had my second kid and right around uh, 2006. So he, you know, he, he was, I started my, I started the YouTube channel. In fact, actually, I just got the notification that my channel is 16 years old. Holy as cow. Of, two weeks ago, uh, I started the YouTube channel originally to post like my movie video, movie trailers and my yeah. work that I was working on. Um, but I started doing like these like video blogs, right? Yeah. And I saw these other people doing these video blogs and it wasn't just like TV shows and, and, and commercial stuff. It was like literally talking like this to a camera. Yeah. And, uh, the, the first video blog I ever saw was this guy walking around his backyard with his laptop walking around with his laptop like it's a webcam and just vlogging yeah. with his laptop. And I watched this for like 30 minutes and I was like, I can do this. Like again, going, going back to like yeah. being inspired by others. And so I literally set up my, first it was a webcam, then I bought yeah. a Sony like mini DV handy cam and put yeah. it on a tripod. And that's how I started vlogging. And at first it was like topical stuff, right? Like uh, Firefox just came out with a new version and let's compare it to Inter- Internet Explorer or, yeah. hey, I just went to my friend's house and watched UFC 22. Here's my review. And uh, I had a blog and I posted those on the blog and this yeah. whatnot. But when I when I did an update about my second kid, hey, I'm pregnant with our second kid and it's a boy, that got way more traction oh, and wow. way more engagement. And it made me realize maybe people care more about my personal life than my like, 
business life. Yeah. 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 Or like my movie stuff. And so I started doing more life updates and uh, that's when like my, my, you know, my, my video, my YouTube channel started to kind of like slowly creep a little bit. I started getting a little more traction. And, um, and that's when YouTube started kind of like doing its thing too. Like the partner program came out like 2008, 2009. And I had friends from other platforms starting to do really good on YouTube, moving to LA, moving to Santa Monica. And that was the, the, the birth of like the YouTube, you know, vloggers and Mm -hmm. eventually became the YouTubers. Um, so that's kind of how that whole scene kind of started. Uh, yeah, because I'm, I, you know, looking back, it's like my daughters were watching, you know, like, and I would make fun of, oh, you're what, you know, what's your family doing today type thing? Because every day they're watching, oh, yeah, they're going mm-hmm. here. It's like, and then I looked like, oh, my God, Clintus was those families. That's that was the vlog. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, my God, it's like the early days. That's crazy. Yeah. So it, uh, I was just doing like random vlogs around like birthday parties, vacations, anything yeah. that was uh, of note, right? And I tried different styles. Sometimes I, I would just do a one take, literally yeah. like two or three minutes, one take and upload it. Other times I was doing like more creative, like me never on camera. It was always like, I, in fact, I used this for a while. I was using my iPhone when when the HD came to the iPhone yeah. and I would do these, um, what were they called? Swipe, swipe vlogs or something like that where you'd start recording like looking down yeah. and you'd swipe up for like five seconds and then you swipe up again and it ended up being like, remember those like discs, those red things oh, yeah. and you look you in click, the disc. Yep. Yeah. So it ended up being like that where it was like video, oh, video, neat. video. So imagine like TikTok swiping now. Yeah. I was doing that back in 2010 <laughs> with my iPhone. And, uh, and so Christmas 2011, I got my kids dirt bikes for Christmas yeah. and my kids were four and six. And I wheel the dirt bikes out. It's literally shot with my iPhone. My wife shot it with me. We go to yeah. her parents' house for the rest of Christmas. It's like, it, the video is like four minutes long. Yeah. But in March of 2012, so just like three months later, yeah. all of a sudden this video starts to gain traction. I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at my analytics. I'm like, whoa, where are all these views coming from? And I'm looking, it's like, oh, it's this Christmas video. Like, what the hell? And then I realize it's the Christmas video getting the dirt bikes for Christmas. And then it's the first time the kids are riding dirt bikes. And then it's the... First time my daughter rides with without me and, yeah. and it just keeps like the videos keep going right and the views and people are skipping and watching six seven videos at a time and this was uh this was march and around that time i'm getting really into like watching vloggers and other youtubers yeah. and i'm starting to meet people and this daily life vlog genre kind of starts to become a thing yeah and there were two channels that kind of started the trend uh one is the first like vlogger family they're, they're known as the shaytards okay and and then there's uh, CTFXC, uh, which was this couple, uh, Charles and, and Allie, that started daily life vlogging their lives. Now, both yeah. of these guys had successful YouTube channels doing like skits and comedy and stuff like that. Yeah. These separate separate channels were, were created specifically to document their life. Yeah. So I'd been watching these and I'm like, okay, well, this is a family with kids and that's working. And then this is a couple with no kids, but just more like the adult stuff and it's working. I'm like... Again, I can do this, right? So uh, April of 2012, I gave myself a 30-day challenge to vlog every day for 30 days and see how it goes. Sure enough, I start vlogging, and this is when that video is still doing really well. And now I'm putting up a new video every day, and it's more of like a personal life. Kids are involved, this and that. Right, yeah. And the channel just went... And next thing I know, it's just like every video I put out is getting a little more views. I'm getting more subs. Yeah. I got into the partner program, so I'm actually starting to make a little bit of money. Yeah. But I always like to tell this story because 
kids come to my channel every day asking me how they get started, what advice do they have, blah, blah, blah. It took me six years to get my first $100 check from YouTube, from Google. Yeah. Think about that. Today, there's millions of people trying to be a content creator, YouTube, yeah. Twitch, whatever. This was back in 2000, like I said, 12, 13. Yeah. Six years to get that first check because that took how long to get that, that you know, the pennies to add up to $100. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, doing the daily vlogs for 30 days, I was like, this is easy. I can do this. I mm -hmm. made it, I got it a routine, got it, got it all going. Um, I'm gonna keep going. So we just, we just, we, we passed the 30 days and we kept going. The channel was growing and, yeah. uh, I got promote, I got, uh, what do you call it? I got, um, hit up by a, an MCN, which is a multi-channel network. This is something new that was popping up back then. Yeah. And we signed a deal with them. They gave me some brand deals and they gave me some cool tools to use. Oh, wow. And the channel just continued to grow. And two years of doing the daily vlogs, the channel had grown exponentially to the point where my YouTube checks were as much as my work checks. <laughs> and so it was only took two years of that growth. But yeah. again, the whole, it, it was eight years, you know, total of the right. channel being alive. Yeah. And, uh, and that, and yeah, so 2014, uh, 12, the end of 2014. So I, you know, it's, it's technically the 2015, you know, it's been seven years yep. of, of doing this full time, uh, wow. content creation. Yeah. And now, you know, today it's tough to explain people who don't understand Twitch and YouTube back then you're right on the <laughs> cusp of it. What were your friends and your family? Like, can you just leave the camera at home one time? You know, what's, what was that like? Yeah, that uh, that whole experience was was funny. So so with the vlogs, I didn't really vlog anyone else for the most part. It was just me and the kids because yeah. even my wife didn't want to be on camera. It took her years before she picked up the camera. I'd be at work. I'm like, hey, I, I just need you to like get a couple clips of the kids. You're you're taking the kids to the pool. Cool. Just get a couple clips of the kids having fun, right? Like, yeah. capture some moments. Like, give me some. Give me some video. Um, but yeah, like even like Twitter. Facebook, Instagram, right? I, right. I, I'm one of the first like 500,000 users on on Twitter, right? Like if you you pull up your Twitter account, I forget where you can see it at, but you can actually see your user ID. Yeah. And now there's like you know 200 million you know, whatever users. I'm literally in the first 500,000, right? That's how early yeah. I was on Twitter, and um, and so I remember like tweeting stuff and and my you know brother-in-law, sister-in-law, like what do you who cares that you're eating pizza? Who cares that you're watching UFC? Like what are you talking about? Like the vlogs are the same thing. If I pull the camera out, my brother-in-law would flip me off, right? Or he would <laughs> yeah. specifically say something knowing that I couldn't use it because he didn't want to be on camera. Right. And then funny, funny enough, years later, he ends up starting his own channel and they have a successful YouTube channel oh, as well. Shoot. So it's always, it's always funny about that. I, I give a shit about that. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was it was very much that, very much. And, and, and to be honest too, like, I, again, not very much in public. If it was, it was always around the kids because then it looked like a dad just taking video or photos of his kids, right? Right, yeah. Um, it wasn't until I became close to a full-time full -time YouTuber and going to conferences and it's becoming a thing where there are YouTubers yeah. that I felt confident enough to do it in public. Because then it was like, people would look at me and then be like, wait a minute, is he one of those YouTubers? Like, you know what I'm saying? And there was yeah. a while there where it was that when I'd be walking around like, are you a YouTuber? What's your channel? Like, you know, because it was this hot new thing, right? Right, yeah. Nowadays, I see people vlogging and TikToking everywhere. Like, and now yeah. it's, it's normal. But yeah, back then, man, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely like a, yeah, even again, even now, my wife, all these years, she's still not a very social person. She doesn't post anything. She doesn't write anything. She doesn't yeah. 
tweet, Instagram, Facebook. She doesn't do any of that. Yeah. So it's, it's always been funny how different we are, polar opposites we are in all things. Yeah. Now, did you hit a moment where you're like, shit, I can, this is it. I can do this full time. I don't need to worry about, you know, was it a, do you, was there a certain moment or was it just gradual, the increase and whatnot? Seeing my friends and, and hearing success stories of people, you know, making it and quitting their jobs and making the big announcement videos. I quit my job and everything. Um, I knew it was a, it, it was coming. It was just a, it was just a matter of time where my numbers, I, I look at my last, you know, 30 days, 90 days, yeah. six months, you know, uh, to say the trend is going this way. So if things keep going the way they're going, I will make more money doing YouTube than I did at my job. Yeah. And that's wow. what happened. We we got to the point where the checks were coming in about the same size. One month would be bigger. The next month would be a little less. Paid off all our debt. Literally, the only thing we had left was our house payment. Yeah. Um, and I said, you know, uh, I tried to quit. I quit my job to do the movies when I was 23. Yeah. Here I are 10 years later, ready to quit my job again to do this YouTube thing. My wife was worried. My wife was, was you know, hesitant because we already yeah. quit. My, I tried it uh, uh, 10 years prior and it failed and we were in yeah. debt. Um, and I said, uh, that was 23-year-old Clint trying to figure shit out. Yeah. This is 33-year-old Clint knowing what he's doing. Yeah. And I've got numbers and I got, I got history. And I, looking back, I will say I... I kind of wish I would have waited maybe like three more months just to have more of a savings. Yeah. Because in my mind, I was like, well, things aren't going to go get worse. Like we're just, if, even if they plateau, we're right where we were at before. It's fine. Yeah. Right. Um, but no, we're not going to plateau. We're going to keep growing. Right. We're just, we're just, this thing's rocket taken off. Yeah. And it did. I quit my job, went full time, put more time and energy into the, the YouTube, got to travel more, do stuff. I told my subscribers, cause again, back, you know, growing the channel, dirt bikes were still a major thing yeah. on the channel. I said, if we hit 100,000 subscribers, I will buy a new dirt bike. And it took about, I quit my job in December and April's when we hit 100,000 subscribers. And I, I went out and bought a dirt bike. You yeah. know, we, we, we built it up. We were getting closer in the 95,000 range. I was like, yeah. all right, guys, this is the dirt bike. We hit 100,000, <laughs> you know. And uh, sure enough, we hit 100,000 and I went and bought that dirt bike and I started riding and and got the kids new dirt bikes. And we tried yeah. to like really make the thing. And the kids never really got into dirt bike riding, so it never really stuck for them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the channel continued to grow, the views, the subscribers, and the money continued to grow. And yeah. it just got to the point where it was like, this is crazy how much money I can make doing this. I love yeah. it. I went to school for it. I'm technically using my degree. Like, yeah. I love this. Um, so in my mind, it was just going to continue to, to, you know, keep, keep going. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we had, we had three amazing years and then YouTube changed the algorithm and YouTube oh. changed, uh, the way the videos were displayed and how you as a viewer were served videos. Okay. And when they made that change, that is when the rocket ran out of fuel. Oh no. And so we went, like I said, we, we, we shot into the stratosphere and, and hit some incredible numbers and, uh, all of a sudden it plateaued Yeah, and then it started going down and I was like, okay, okay. And I, I hired somebody, I had them look at my channel, break it down, try to figure out what was the cause of it, what was going on. Yeah. He kind of gave me some stuff that I kind of already knew, but nothing too crazy. At the end of the day though, he's like, it's fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. Write it out this and that, maybe look at the change in this or that. It never really came back. It continued yeah. to kind of coast down. Um, but this is also when I started dabbling with streaming. 
Yeah. And so YouTube gaming launched, uh, I think it was 15 or 16. I forget what year it was. Um, and I started, I started getting into stream. I was going to start streaming on Twitch, but when YouTube gaming launched, yeah. my gaming channel at the time had about 40,000 subscribers. So I was like 40,000 subscribers or 2000 followers. I'm like, mm, I'll stream over here. Yeah. And so I streamed on YouTube gaming for a solid two years. I was the biggest cheerleader. We had this group of people that were streaming over there. We were like kind of the king of the mountain. We were like the, the original, like if you think of the right. original uh, Twitch streamers, right? Yep. The, the lyrics, the co-carnages, the Tim, the Tatmans, the guys that like kind of started uh, yep. and, and, you know, uh, summit, yep. all that stuff. We were those guys of the, of the YouTube gaming side, right? Yep. It was obviously already huge, successful, youtubers right the the minecraft guys the gta yeah. guys they were just killing it but for streaming we were kind of like the 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 new breed and um for the most part we all found success we were all doing really well over there yeah it just got to the point where it was very disheartening to see twitch continue cool. to put out these features and just crushing it like oh now you got twitch prime if you got amazon prime you get twitch prime it's free yeah. subs and then it was like gifting subs and like they just kept dropping these amazing features and we didn't have emotes. Right. And we're like, so we've got a, uh, it was called a sponsor button. We've got sponsors, but you only get a badge and it doesn't change. It doesn't get any better over time. You just get one badge and that's it. Thanks for your support. Yeah. And it got to the point where I was just like, I, I, I was missing something. And um, Twitch started talking to me at PAX. Yeah. And uh, we ended up working out a part, a deal and a partnership. And I moved over as a partner oh, on nice. Twitch. And so it was two years on YouTube gaming. And I've been a partner now on Twitch for five years. Wow. And uh, I love it. I, I, I still, to this day, it's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. But because I had transitioned to Twitch and I was trying to grow that on the new platform, I kind of stopped vlogging less and less. It yeah. went from daily to twice a week to once a week to now i vlog when again when there's something worth vlogging right um because i stream 40 hours a week i love yeah. i love streaming i love gaming i love uh having a live chat room and communicating yeah. um, i have an irl backpack over here on the on the floor uh, it's obviously too hot right now in arizona but when the weather's nice you know my wife and i will do irl streams we'll walk around a city or town you know yeah. explore because it's like live vlogging right and my audience is very much used to that and uh and so I, you know i i say that i'm a, you know i'm a gamer i enjoy playing games like we talked earlier though i don't play a wide variety of games i still yeah. kind of very much play just first person shooters for the most part i do enjoy some survival games a little mmo here and there but yeah. for the most part it's first person shooters and so but with that being said i could sit here full screen and just talk to my chat room for three to four hours and do just chatting streams yeah no problem um Again, when the weather is nice, I do back porch, yeah. you know, nice. uh, we, I have a hot tub, did a couple hot tub streams, <laughs> uh, real hot tub streams, you yeah. know, and, uh, and when I travel, I enjoy, I enjoy, uh, you know, live streaming wherever I'm at yeah. as well. Oh, cool. So that's an awesome story. And so good that you're doing something that you enjoy, you know, in two phases, first the, the vlogging and then using your skills, your editing, what you learned in college and, and now content creation from streaming back in the vlogging days, you know, seeing your kids grow up. Did, you know, when they were young, they had really no concept of what, you know, what you were doing as they got older, when you went live with the recording button, did they, did they start acting different or was it, you know, the same, same thing? For the kids, it was the same, but yeah. they, there was no difference. They didn't know any different. Uh, my daughter was two and a half when I first started vlogging and my son was literally born on YouTube. 
Um, his, his birth video is still to this day, one of the oldest, if not the oldest, I mean, I don't know if there's a way to search and sort, but it's, you know, but as far as an actual, like the night of a kid's birth video, um, it's 2006. I mean, the platform wasn't even that old, (laughs) 2005, you know? Um, so for them, they don't know any different. They've, I mean, even to this day, you know, they're in high school now and obviously I don't vlog as much as I used to, but like, you know, when they started middle school, high school, I asked, I was like, are you guys like, are you ever getting embarrassed about what I do? Are you ever embarrassed about your dad? Do you kids bully you or give you crap at school because you're dad? And they're like, no, they are the exact opposite. You're the coolest dad. Everyone thinks you're the, the coolest because you're a YouTuber and yeah. a Twitch streamer and, you know, that sort of thing. So um, I was worried that they, that, you know, the years of their life being on YouTube, because yeah. it is, you go back right now, you can literally watch any moment of my kids' lives on YouTube. But that's kind of um, cool, though, in an aspect. Like, you can, yourself, you can go back and, oh, yeah, and just, they're there. That's, it's really it, neat. Absolutely, 100%. But there's also that kids can go find some stuff that, because, and that's the thing, too, yeah. right now, you know, with, with cancel culture and stuff like that, oh. you got to be careful because there's a lot of stuff out there. And I, I've, I've taken some videos and, and made them private because, like, yeah. like, there was a video where my daughter, uh, my, my son's room gets cleaned my daughter my wife helps him clean his room yeah tells my daughter to clean her room she ends up throwing everything like in the corner and under the bed and kind of yeah. hides it all like oh i clean my <laughs> and my wife looks and she's like oh my god so she pulls it all out puts it in the middle of the floor i'm vlogging and i'm yeah. like oh let's go look at bryce's clean room and she's all excited to show her room right she's like oh look at my room dad we walk in there and all that crap is in the middle of the floor and she just starts, she's mortified oh, and she's embarrassed yeah. and she starts crying. I'm like, what's wrong? What happened? She's like, <laughs> and, she, and she doesn't even know what to say. She's like, what, um, what, where did where all this stuff come from? She's like, I put it under the bed. And I put, oh, so you didn't clean your, like, you know, we're like, like this life lesson, but she's right. bawling and crying. Well, about, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, someone found that video. It's, you know, Aww. again, at that time, it was like 10 years ago. Right. And so they're like, how dare you, you know, mortify your child and embarrass them and make wow. money off of it. And I'm like, yeah, looking back now, I can see where that kind of comes across that way. But at the time, it was a perfect, like, life lesson. Like, right. let me teach you how to, de- you know, you know, raise your kids, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's an instructional video, but it was like real, raw, live. Because there was also that controversy a few years ago where these these one parents were like abusing their kids and like, you know, doing these radical, like over the top yelling and screaming and scaring them to get these reactions out of them. And then as soon as the camera went off, apologize and be like, I'm I'm joking. I'm fine. Oh, it came out. It was really bad. It was really nasty. So all the eyes came on the family vloggers Yeah, and like poking and prodding going like, you know, but mine have always been, you know, I, I will say confidently, like 95% real, raw. You know, I even I, I even had a hard time clickbaiting. I, I wouldn't clickbait because like I didn't want to be dis- dishonest and deceitful. Yeah. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. There were some times where I could bend it a little bit. Like, yeah. this is real. This is true. But I know it's not what you're thinking. You know, uh, it's like the tabloids where it's like, you know, Elvis <laughs> found alive in Vegas holding a, a baby alien. Yeah. And you're like, what? And you pick up the magazine, you buy it, and then you open it up, and you're like, oh, an Elvis impersonator was walking down Las Vegas Boulevard with a stuffed alien yeah, baby. Yeah, right. They didn't lie to you, but you it made you buy the thing. That's what clickbait is, right? Like, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So I never was too, you know, I never got dishonest or just just uh, just, just truthful. I, I always yeah. wanted to be very upfront and honest. And so even to this day, you know, I put up a new vlog this morning, like, the comments I get are like, I appreciate your realism. You're honest. You're not doing stuff over the top. You're not making stuff up. Right. Unfortunately, that's the thing that kids don't understand is like when they see these big YouTubers do these things and they drive these cars and these places, 
those aren't their things. They're renting them. They're borrowing yeah. them. They're working out a deal with somebody to say, hey, we'll, if you let me use this car, I'll promote your dealership. Right. You know? In fact, there was even a time where uh, two famous YouTube brothers, without saying their names, yeah, two famous YouTube brothers who are live in LA literally hired actors to play police and ambulances. They rented an ambulance, rented actors oh, with wow. full-on uniforms, and did a whole thing where he like broke his arm or broke his hand, and it looked real. It was all real. And then that night on like someone's Instagram showed him without his arm being messed up and everything yeah. like the date timestamp didn't add up. And it's like, well, come to find out later on, it was all acting. Like he, it was all like made up. But the thing is, because YouTube came from a place of like genuine vlogging and realism, yeah. everyone assumed it was real. And he kind of broke that mold of like, it doesn't always have to be real. It's entertainment. Right. Like I can make stuff up and it's just like Hollywood. And that's when the trend of that went off and people yeah. started doing like the, you know, is it real? Is it not? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Right. right. Kind of thing. Yeah. So and you got the more of the over the top stuff started coming through and yeah. And then yep. it was challenges and yeah. doing the challenges and this and that. And, you know, then you got guys like Mr. Beast who just took it to another level and, and, you know, he's seen some amazing success, but of course he uses his money for good. So, right. you know, you can't, you can't knock him. He, yeah. he kills it. Oh, okay, that's cool. That's, I, I love that history, man. It's awesome. And you know, your experience looking back on it, what is what are a couple of the highlights from a vlogging standpoint? You know, over the years, you've you, know, you look back it's like that was a really cool moment. Definitely the the that first video that kind of started it all with my kids getting dirt bikes for Christmas. Yeah, um, you know, but again, just going back over the years to see the kids at some, such small ages, yeah. Um, my wife and I just went back up northern arizona to a place called uh pine arizona and there's a a natural a national park it's called the tonto natural bridge yeah and it's literally like this rock formation water had hollowed it out and it's just this big landmass that it's literally a bridge but you can go underneath it oh cool and we went there and i was like we took the kids here i don't know how many years ago I just pulled up my phone, did a search for Payson Bridge, yeah. and there's the video. I'm like, oh, yeah, that was, uh, you know, 2011. And I showed the video to my wife, and we sat there and watched it, and the kids are tiny, and they're little, and <laughs> even, like, ourselves, you see our different, you know, people's right, shapes yeah. change, mm -hmm. right? Um, Hairstyles and yeah. clothes and this and that. And so people ask me all the time, what's my favorite vlog? And I'm like, you know, I don't really have a favorite vlog because it's like asking me, like, what's your favorite memory of your entire life? Right. right? Yeah. What's your favorite memory of your kid's life? And it's like, well, sure. I mean, this birthday, this vacation, this, but I vlogged every single day for over six years. Yeah. So if you think about that, I've got thousands of days recorded. I don't even remember them all. Yeah. Um, and I don't have to because they're all documented. Right. right. I, I see myself someday when my kids are, you know, moved out and old, my wife and I just hit the couch and turn on the Apple TV and just binge watching our life, right. you know, and going back and watching the last, you know, 20 years. Yeah. Um, I would say that, you know, just off the top of my head, highlights, obviously any of my kids firsts, first time yeah. riding a bike, first time riding a dirt bike, first time swimming with no floaties. Those are all highlights vacations you know the first time going to disneyland yeah um summer vacations where my wife's entire family would get together and we'd get a beach house and go to the beach and um just a lot of those moments yeah. are just memories that i can off the top of my head remember but i know i can go back and watch them anytime yeah christmas right. videos are always real real awesome you know both for the viewers but also for us because like I record like, you know, in the early days, you record every single present, right? right. So every single present, they open, mm -hmm. oh, cool, this, <laughs> you know, kids excited about this and that, right? Like they yeah. have those, those moments, uh, 
right now that's probably the only videos my kids watch is when Christmas comes around, they watch all right. the Christmas videos. When school starts, they watch all the first day of school videos. Yeah. Um, yeah, those are those are definitely the highlights. And now when did the sponsorship start coming in or you know, how did that all start? Um, so when I started doing the daily vlogs, like I said, I joined an MCN and you know, they had some small brand deals. I was a small still a small channel back then. Um, but I met the director of that program mm -hmm. and, um, you know, and I'm, I, I was an older person. I was an older guy when I started this, right. I was yeah. in my thirties. And so I wasn't a kid, you know, not knowing what to do, making more money than knew what to do with. Right. I was like, no, I, I'm providing for my family. I got a wife and kids and a mortgage and this and that. And so he respected that. And he's like, okay, I'll tell you what, here's how this works. I get this a chunk of money yeah. and I, and I have to give so many views or so many, whatever. I give the brand deals to the big guys. So I'm going to hit my quote and my mark, but then I got this extra change sitting behind. He goes, I'll throw you a bone and send you, you know, these small things. So yeah. I started making like 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, 200 bucks on these little brand deals. And yeah. like, that was good for me. Right. I was happy with that. Right. It was extra yeah. cash. Um, sadly he left the company and I lost out on that, but eventually the program continued to grow and I, I got good in with those guys and continued to get those kind of brand deals. Yeah. But really, this was a whole new ecosystem for everybody. Right. And so you started getting agencies that started looking to YouTube for influencers. Oh. And, uh, you know, you start getting the emails and whatnot. And uh, and that's kind of how it just kind of just slow. I didn't reach out to anybody. Yeah. In fact, the only company that I reached out to to be my first affiliate was uh, was G Fuel. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my partner manager reached out to them, said, yep, we'll sign you on. Got me a code, sent me out some, you know, tubs, started drinking yeah. it. And that was like my first affiliate, right? That I had where I was just like, do a quick promo, 10%, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And uh, I just recently left them, but it's been seven years. Like I said, seven years of doing this full time. I've been with them for seven years. And over the time, it grew to a partnership where I was getting paid monthly. You know, they send me cool swag and cool yeah. stuff. And I did, I went on a couple of uh, trips and paid trips and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it started off with just the affiliate and worked its way into a full on partnership. Yeah. Oh, cool. And uh, since then, you know, again, 90% of them came to me. 90% yep. of the brand deals came to me via email or, or, you know, now it's all the marketplaces and like, hey, sign your, you know, link your account to our database. And here's all the, I don't even mess with those anymore. Because it's like, if you're not watching my content and know for sure that I'm a good fit, I don't want to, I'm not looking, right. I'm not fishing, right? Yeah. Um, but again, also, like I said earlier, I've, I've been doing this a long time. So I feel kind of uh, like I'm over certain aspects of the business yeah um there's a lot younger more hungry people out there that right. will, will hustle a lot more yeah um, i definitely value my time and value my attention mm -hmm. of what i i plan on doing and because my viewership is down from what it used to be even though my yeah. channel looks impressive with over 400 million views and yeah 780,000 subscribers the viewership is you know far less because Let's be real. People don't unsubscribe most of the time. They just subscribe and then stop watching. Right. So obviously the majority of those subscribers are, are, are dead, but viewership shifts. And yeah. so when I get a brand deal sent to me and I give them my fair rate, they're like, that's it. Okay. I'm happy. They're happy. Everyone's happy. Yeah. There's no, there's no reason to push buttons and see how high I can get it. You know? Right. Yeah. And now looking back on the, the vlogging side of things, is there anything you would have changed or done differently? Besides the three months, waiting three months, anything else that sticks out that like, yeah, I wish I could have, you know, done this or whatnot. My only, and I won't, I won't call it a regret, but the one thing that I think I would have changed a little bit earlier was 
uh, we were we were killing it with brand deals. We were getting sometimes two or three a week, and so we were sometimes backed up. We were like, you know, making these videos. Well, of course, yeah. it's a family channel. Kids have to be involved. There was a week where we had we were on vacation. We came back from vacation. We had to get these videos shot right. Yeah. And in one week, we shot at least two, maybe three. I can't remember if there was a third or not, but I remember for sure there was two. And it involved the kids. Had kids had to be involved. Um, and so kids would get home from school. And then we would have to like make these videos. Yeah. And I remember my son's friend coming over, knocking on the door, asking if he could play. And he's like, oh no, sorry, we're, you know, we're busy. And then like two days later, come back and say, you know, no, sorry, we're busy. And, that, and I, that's why I think there's a third video there. Cause it was either we were shooting the same video for two days or there's yeah. a third one. The third time, it was like a Friday at this point, he comes over, knocks on the door. And my son says, sorry, I can't play. I have to make a video for my dad. Oh. And he said that and that stung. Oh. And yeah. I was like, this he's right this is my business my uh, video yeah. yes it's us yes he's getting to play it was, it was for hot wheels right it was from mattel yeah. we were doing this brand new hot wheels set never been released we're making a video he's literally playing with a toy that's not out yet but in his mind he doesn't care he wants to go play with his friend right and i remember when he's after he said that and we finished that video that weekend i sat down with my kids and said look guys i'm sorry i know this week was a lot for you guys I know it's cool. You got cool toys and whatnot and whatnot and whatever. And you know, this is dad, dad's daddy's business and work. I will not commit and do any more of these brand deals until I talk to you first and make sure you're hundred percent on board. Okay. Yeah. And of course my, my daughter's like, Oh, it's fine, daddy. It's fine. I'm like, no, 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 it's, it's not your, your, your sweet little kid. I appreciate you, but I just want you guys to know, I am sorry. This is not your job. This is not your work. Yeah. Um, and so that's the only thing that I wonder how many of those times did my kids feel that way but never said anything? Yeah. Um, and so that day afterwards, you know, if I got a brand deal, even my wife, we'd get brand deals for like moms and 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 yeah. my wife is like, I'm not, no, I don't want to do that. And I'd have to repitch it to them like, hey, sorry, my wife's not really, can we do this a different way where I can be on camera or the kids yeah. can be on camera? Because she does not want to do this by herself. Yeah. And sometimes it worked out and sometimes it didn't. Like we did a one with Dove uh, where my wife and my wife, and my daughter had to go into like a CVS or Walgreens and, and buy Dove products. Right. Yeah. And so the first time we shot it, she just was a mess. She couldn't, she was too nervous. She got like hot and sweaty and flashes and I can't do this. Uh, when I'm in public, people are watching me. So then we reshot it and then I we had her narrate the whole thing and it was okay. perfect. It was great. Um, but again, this is my line of work. This is my business. And I'm the Mr. Social butterfly. Love to put myself right. out there in front of a crowd. Whereas my son at the, at the time was not. And my yeah. wife was, has not been at ever. Yeah. So that's probably the only thing I would look back and change that, you know, when my kids were littler, ask for more of their engagement. Yeah. Um, I know nowadays it's a big thing. And, and again, you know, a lot of, uh, families got exposed for just, you know, putting their kids through torture right. for the videos, you know, yeah. for the, for the video. So, um, mine never got that bad, but it, like I said, it got to the point where I, I had that moment of like, yeah, let me, let me, uh, get my kids buy-in on these brand deals before yeah. I commit to them. Yeah. Cool. That's good advice. And, and the other thing I've seen is your kids, they've turned out, you know, like normal kids, you know, it's like that whole thing sounds like they're, you know, your daughter's, you know, big into volleyball and, and your, your son's going through high school. Is he in high school or not high school yet? Yep. Yeah. Nope. He just finished his freshman year. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you were good parents in the end so far. Yeah. I, I definitely, uh, I, I, Get my wife pat on the back. I don't necessarily pat myself on the back, but I, I I say all the time that yeah, our kids turned out pretty good. You know, uh, my daughter will be a senior this year, son will be a sophomore. 
no major hiccups issues you know my daughter's working she's got a boyfriend she plays yeah. volleyball almost year round my son plays basketball almost year round yeah um responsible yeah we we did a pretty good job and 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 despite being you know on camera their whole lives right i think again just the way that I did it, the way we did it, we and we did it real. Like, yeah. you know, you go back and watch those videos, that's really our lives. Sure, you might turn the volume a little bit, like, hey guys, what's up? You know, like, right. I don't walk into my, you know, hey brother, <laughs> how's it going? How are you? You know? Yeah. It, it, you turn it up a little bit, uh, but when the kids are little, man, it's so easy. They get so excited, energized, it's easy to like mimic that energy. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? Is that cool? Yeah! You know, it, it's very much that. <laughs> As the kids got older, uh, it very much, you know, it, the, the volume got turned down a little bit and, and yeah. they were, you know, less, there's less energy. And then I think that's the other thing too, is as the kids got continue to get older, they rely on us less and less, right? right. Mm -hmm. I mean, now my daughter is 100% self-sufficient. Yep. She has her own money, has her own car. She can leave when she wants, go get food, doesn't yep. need to eat my, my, my you know, our cooking. Uh, and my son is right behind her. In fact, if he had his own car, he'd be uh, you know yes. but he's like very self-sufficient uh cooks himself uh yeah. he comes down and eats when he wants uh he he streams on twitch so he makes a little bit of cash oh, you know cool. he's, he's 15 so he doesn't need much right so the fact that he's able to you know eh, i feel like door dashing or oh, i feel like <laughs> buying a video game like he can do that you know yeah um it makes it even more difficult to vlog Absolutely. and because we're I, I hate when I say this because it sounds bad, but like we don't do anything. Like we're very much a very normal, basic family. Yeah. Um, don't really have a lot of like hobbies, to be honest. Like I, I video games are my my thing of, of pastime. Yeah. Thankfully, I could also do it as a as a job. Um, but you know, like I, I used to ride dirt bikes. I still have one, but my dad has it right now. And he because yeah. he likes it, he races it from time to time. Yeah. Um, and my kids never got into it. And I don't have any friends that ride, so I'm not really into anything like golf or, 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 you know, Rebuilding rock climbing your car engine or something like that. Yeah. I don't really have any hobbies. Um, I've always been into movies. I still yeah. love to sit, hit the couch and pull up one of the mini streaming services and watch a movie. Um, uh, I tend to watch more movies than TV shows. So I'm very behind on TV shows. Yeah. Uh, but I love movies and, uh, all time favorite so I, movie. Oh, um, uh, right off the top of my head, I got uh, the matrix, the original yeah. matrix. It's just, it's iconic for me. It's my first DVD that I bought. <laughs> and uh, it just, it, it culminates everything that I love about movies. Like for me, I love action and yeah. I do love sci-fi. Um, but if it's got like, you know, Kung Fu, gunfights, uh, some kind of sci-fi element to it. Yeah. Uh, aliens, fantasy. I need something like that, right? That's yeah. that's definitely my, my go-to stuff. Yeah. Very cool. All right, so after vlogging, now we talk, you know, streaming. Now, some of these questions, you know, some of the questions I was going to ask you, you've already lived through some of those high points on YouTube gaming. Like, you know, that first time somebody came in to chat with you, what was mm -hmm. that, you know, what's that like? You know, you have a stranger, but because you've sort of lived it through YouTube, you know, Twitch, you just sort of transferred over. You had that base already there. Yeah, and, that's something I, I have to remind people is I, I didn't start at zero. Right. Um, you know, even when I started YouTube and really started doing YouTube, I didn't start from zero because I had done my, you know, my my work. You know, you go back to my channel, the oldest videos on that channel from 2006 are my movie trailers, uh, music videos, commercials, yeah. that sort of thing. So, you know, you can very, very much see the evolution. But yeah, when I transitioned from YouTube gaming to Twitch, uh, granted, my viewership absolutely tanks, right? Yeah. At the time I was streaming Destiny, 
And because live stream was new and they were promoting it, this is actually when they promoted live streams. Uh, <laughs> when I would stream destiny, I was the number one search result on YouTube period. Yeah. If you search for destiny, my live stream would be the first result. And it would say that I was live. So of course people yeah. were like, Oh wait, they, there's live streams on YouTube. What <laughs> click. And so I would stream to YouTube. I'd have 300, 400 viewers easily, right? Yeah. On a slow day, maybe 150. Yeah. But my average was like two to 300. Yeah. On the big launch days when like a, you know, a new expansion came out or uh, Iron Banner, which came around about once a month, yeah. my viewership would skyrocket. And to this day, uh, my, f my most natural, organic, no promotion, no raids, no nothing. Yeah. The launch of Destiny Rise of Iron, which was the third expansion of Destiny 1, the final one before Destiny 2 launched, I organically had over 1,800 viewers. Yeah. Now, granted, that was just a one-time thing. After the fact, it went to like 500, and then I, yeah. said I averaged about 300 or so. But the way YouTube works, and even to this day with YouTube content, if I played any other game, I would not get any of the algorithm love, no recommendations, and wow. any of my subscriber base same thing, right? So if I streamed Call of Duty or Overwatch or, yeah. you know, whatever, my viewership would be down below 100. Yeah. You know, I'd be around 30, 40, 50. Um, unless I played like GTA or Minecraft, which are obviously still very popular on right. YouTube because that's how, how, you know, it's all about algorithm. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so that's kind of how, you know, I, I never started from zero. So when I decided to make the jump from YouTube to Twitch, I'll let everybody know. And I, in fact, I even started kind of dabbling. I would do split streams. Mm -hmm. I would do like four or five hours on YouTube and then do my last hour on Twitch. Yeah. Um, and then it went from 50, 50, then it was an hour on YouTube to, you know, uh, four or five hours on Twitch and yeah. to kind of get a feel for who would come over, what my numbers were like. Yeah. And then when I got the partnership with Twitch and I made the big announcement that I jumped, I think I started off around 30 to 40 viewers, yeah. which was what I was getting if I didn't play Destiny. So I was like, well, that's not horrible. To me, that tells me that is or that is real numbers. Right. Yeah. And the inflation that I got on YouTube was the algorithm and people getting pushed to me, my, you know, my, yeah. my video. Which in YouTube sense, that's exactly what happens today, right? You get uh, recommended a video, you open it up, you watch it for 30 seconds, 60 seconds, or a little bit, and then you're like, yeah. either I'm gonna watch this full video because it's actually what something I want to watch, or I leave. And that's what was happening, the churn that was happening on, the, on YouTube live streams for the same thing. My, the yeah. view count would be like doing this because it's like, got recommended, a bunch of people clicked on it. Right. This is cool, but I'm not here to watch the live stream. I'm out, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. And now, you know, speaking of Twitch and being raided, you know, what were some of the big, you know, what were some of the big raids that, you know, somebody did to you? Like, you know, you ever get like a 10,000 drop in on you and like, holy crap, what do I do? Uh, I don't know the biggest number, yeah. um, but I can tell you the biggest streamers uh king Athalian, who just recently came back to twitch yeah he started on twitch built his career there he was one of the guys that moved over to mixer with uh like ninja and shroud yeah and then when mixer closed up he was one of the ones that went to facebook a lot okay. of guys went back to twitch he took the facebook deal um very smart honestly he took the money and, yeah. and he did his he did his time he did his two years on facebook <laughs> and uh you know hearing the conversation hearing the story which i'm actually excited to listen to the full story he, he was on another podcast uh, and I'm, I plan on listening to that this weekend, but just talking to him as a, as a personal friend, the culture is not there on Facebook, right? Yeah. Like Facebook is a platform for everything and all things. Mm -hmm. Gaming is just one little sliver. And so he'd be gaming and he talking about a video game from his childhood and everyone's just like, it's crickets. No yeah. one's got any insight because they're not gamers, right? They're not, right. it's not like they're there looking for video games or they're at work 
listening to someone talk and hang out, right? Yeah. And so the culture is very different on Twitch. So anyway, he just came back to Twitch and he was one of the big guys that rated me, you know, with thousands of viewers. Yeah. Um, Dr. Lupo, most recently when he was on Twitch, uh, some of the, some of the bigger raids that I'd gotten in recent years. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else, uh, real crafty who came from the destiny scene, went to Fortnite and apex legends. Yeah. He had hit me a couple of times. I've had some random guys. I didn't really know that hit me with a couple hundred, like four or 500 yeah. uh, person raids, you know, from like the Tarkov community or call yeah. of duty or something like that. Destiny. Again, I, I came from the destiny community and directory. So a lot of, uh, you know, homies from yeah. that directory that would sit around the four or 500 mark that would, that would raid me. Yeah. You know, my average has always been around a hundred, uh, give or take, you know, up or down. Yeah. So, you know, getting a 400 person raid still feels really awesome. Yeah. You know, and when you get those first, you know, one big ones, like, are you, you know, does that still like excite you or it's like, all right, yeah, cool. You know, welcome. Here's, here's who I am. I very much, very much to this day, even after all these years feed off of the energy of others. Yeah. So the more people that are there, the more people that I know are watching me, listening to me, it actually fires me up. Yeah. Um, I got a raid just the other day, uh, from one peg. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I think I, I, I was sitting around like 90 viewers. He, he hits me with like a 400 person viewer, uh, yeah. raid chat starts moving a little, you know, a lot faster. And now all of a sudden I'm more, I'm like on my game, right? Like yeah. I'm actually on my game. Cause I have people to talk to, I can rapid fire answer questions. Like I hate when it's slow because it's like, as much as I'm enjoying playing the video game, again, the component of streaming is people to talk to while I'm gaming. Right. And I'll, I'll say this, I'm spoiled. Again, I've always had people to talk to. I've yeah. never had an empty chat. Now, the, the, the only time that I have today that I have an empty chat is if I go later in the afternoon, because I'm yeah. more of a morning streamer, right? I, I, I stream when my kids go to school. So I start yeah. my day around 8, 9 a.m. When I push into the 6, 7 o'clock time frame, yeah. that's when chat dies because my community has all moved on to I'm at home, family time, game yeah. time, my own stream time. You know, even though there's, you know, millions of people watching streamers at that time, I'm not an afternoon primetime streamer. I'm not right. a nighttime streamer, right? If I do a night stream, uh, uh, you know, my viewership is way less than it would be during the day. Yeah. And I think people don't understand that sometimes. They're like, wait a minute, how come your viewers are so low? It's like, well, I'm streaming at 9 p.m. when I normally stream at 9 a.m. So right. all my regulars and all my community are all off doing their own thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, so I, again, I just, I just, I feed off of the energy of others. I, I love streaming. I love. I'm 40 years old, and I could very easily, if I can, will could continue to do this for another 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Where I have a lot of friends that are looking to get out of streaming, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they have a two year plan, build a business, make some some other revenue, and then get out of streaming. I'd love that, but realistically I could continue to stream and do exactly what I'm doing for the next 10 years easily. Cause I do love it. I really, really do. Yeah. So much so that I've let other parts of my business kind of fall off. Like I said, I don't vlog nearly as much as I used right. to. Yeah. I'm not making TikToks and and reels. Like I should be, I'm not utilizing my gaming channel. Like I should be because I honestly, if I had it my way, I would be live for 12 hours a day, every day. And that would be my life. Yeah. You know, like I love my wife and kids, but if they were not here, if they all went on a trip for a week, you bet your ass I'd be in this room <laughs> ordering DoorDash, streaming 16 hours a day, yeah. you know, going for Kappa. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. But, I, but I, I've always, 
I've always balanced family life and stuff. You know, granted, when I was vlogging, it was easy. My right. life was my content. I'm vlogging all the time. I edit it. I edit first thing in the morning before I start my day. Vlog goes up. Start my day. Yeah. When I shifted to streaming again, I put it into a time frame of like, okay, kids are off to school. Yeah. I'm gonna go stream. I'll be off when the kids get home from school. They play sports, so I'm there for all their games. Yeah. The only time I'd miss something is if I had like a prior engagement, like I had to schedule a podcast yeah. or I have a, a, a sponsorship thing or if I was traveling for conferences or, so, you know, brand yeah. deals, stuff like that. I've always put my family first. I always stream Monday through Friday and I don't stream on weekends because kids are off on the weekends. Kids yeah. have sports on the weekends. Um, been fortunate enough that my wife has not had to work for seven years. Um, yeah. She just now finally, you know, kids are older. She's just got bored and she's yeah. like, I want to do something, but I don't want to be stuck to a schedule and work on weekends and nights. And I was like, she ended up, she ended up doing uh, Instacart. She loves <laughs> oh, it. Nice. She loves it because she gets to go grocery shopping for other people right, yeah. and deliver groceries and she loves it. Oh, and so, you know, she just doing that just to pass the time because she's like, I'm bored. And now right. she's making her own money. She's like, Ooh, look at me. I made so much money today. It's like, you know, cool, go shopping, whatever. But, um, it's, it's one of those things where like, I, I, I've always put myself in that kind of like, this is my job. This is my career. Yeah. Uh, I take it very serious. Um, and, uh, so it's, I always put myself in that, in that structured time frame. Yeah. But like I said, on a personal level, if I could, I would, I would stream way more. I'd stream yeah. all the time. Cause I do love it. I don't get burned out. I don't, yeah. you know, don't get me wrong. I get my batteries recharged on the weekends by taking yeah. the two days off. Um, I love spending time with my wife and my kids and we have a great time just doing, you know, very little, mm -hmm. but I come back Monday and I am pumped ready for Monday go. stream. I am so ready to go. I'm like one of those, like Monday, let's go. <laughs> and everybody's like, shut the fuck up. You know, like <laughs> I hate Mondays. Screw you. Yeah. You know? So I try to ride that energy though. I'm like, Hey, I know you're not loving your Monday. Cause you're probably at back, back to work at your cube, but Hey, I'm here for you. Let's vibe out. Let's jam out. Let's have some fun. Let's do some music, blah, blah, blah. You know, like yeah. that's me. Excellent. So you, yeah, you definitely have a different path and a different view on things than, you know, the people who are you know just starting or have been doing this for a couple of years, you know, from a t streaming standpoint, what's the toughest thing in your opinion about doing what you do? The toughest thing is like, and this is the thing that everyone has a problem that has a tough time with is growing, yeah. right? Like, like, how do you grow on Twitch, mm -hmm. YouTube, TikTok, whatever, right? Like, all of these platforms, Twitter, Facebook, everything, all of them have an algorithm, okay? Even Twitch. I know people love, love to talk crap about Twitch and how the discoverability sucks. Yeah. But the reality is they have done leaps and bounds to promote every type of creator on the platform. The thing that people don't realize is there are literally millions of people streaming right now. Yeah. Millions, right? hundreds of thousands, whatever, right. but you get my point. There are hundreds of thousands of people streaming right now. There are only so many spots on the Twitch homepage. There's only so many spots on the Twitch app. Yeah. They, it is impossible to promote everyone. And to be fair, everyone gets a chance. Everyone gets a shot. If you look at your analytics, I guarantee you at some point in the last 60, six months, you'll have a little smidge that says recommended views, recommended channels, right? You'll, yeah. you, you got some viewership because you were recommended. But because you only had one viewer or three viewers, you know, it was short lived, yeah. right? Or your one second of fame didn't get enough clicks. So they moved on to the next, you know, next person. Right. Um, but yeah, discoverability and, and growing, um, because again, I just want to stream, right? Yeah. Uh, been doing this for so long. 
I don't want to end my stream and then go spend another three hours grabbing clips and making highlights and doing this right. and doing that. And, you know, and granted, I, I, I've been close a couple of times on hiring an editor. Yeah. But it's so stupid. But I feel like dumb paying somebody to do something that I should be doing. Yeah. But I have to slap myself in the face and be like, yeah, but you're not doing it. So pay someone else to do it because you know it's worth it. Right. And so it's one of those like catch 22s. And, you know, I even kind of joked about my wife. I was like, oh, hey, so since you're making money now, I can hire an editor. Like, <laughs> I just take your money and pay for an editor. Right. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing is like, you know, just as someone who just streams, right? Yeah. I just want to stream. I'm not really doing much with any other content other than my vlogs. Yeah. Um, it's hard to, you know, to, to grow, you know, yeah. I, I'll admit five years as a Twitch partner, two years with YouTube game before that. And, you know, I still only average about a hundred viewers and you would have asked me three years ago, four years ago, but like, oh yeah, but you know, five years from now, I'll do I'll be at a thousand easy. Like no problem. Right. Yeah. Like there's this, this, this illusion that you see this growth and like my YouTube career, you just assume it's going to continue to grow. It's never going to stop. Why would it stop? It's going to keep going. Yeah. You know? but there's a thousand variables in the way. And, and the fact that we're on another, someone else's platform, right? right? If tomorrow Twitch changed their algorithm, changed how things are just like YouTube, yeah. you know, I might find myself Back with half zero. as many viewers. Yeah. yeah. Or, or I might find myself being, you know, getting blown up. It, it's, it's all about right place, right time. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to these platforms and um, paying attention to your analytics, because if you find something that works, Stick with it, repeat it. Yeah. Don't, you know, don't, uh, don't try, don't, don't just keep bouncing around. If something's working, you got to stick with it. And that's unfortunate though, because sometimes you, you know, especially if it's like a video game, you might be done with the game. You might be burned out on the game. You're like, I don't want to play this game. Right. Yeah. I know hundreds of creators that played Fortnite way longer than they wanted to because they had to. Yeah. They had to. It was the only way they were getting the views and the subs and making the revenue and getting the, brand deals was because their viewership was there for Fortnite. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Dr. Lupo, I, I would say is one of the most successful people that pivoted from Fortnite. They took that viewership and that growth from mm -hmm. Fortnite, pivoted into Tarkov. Yeah. And then from there pivoted into going to YouTube right. and all the other deals and, 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 uh, investments that they've made that he's made, you know, but, I guarantee if you, if you talk to him offline, he's going to tell you, yeah, you know, I played Fortnite way longer than I wanted to. It, it, you know, burned my soul, you know, yeah. it's, it's one of the, it's just because it, again, it wears on you to play that many hours for that long with the level of toxicity that comes with that type of viewership and that type of community. Yeah. You know, you, you'll hear that in a lot of, a lot of communities, call of duty, destiny, even, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. It's in, you know, you don't want to be that streamer that's online who's miserable playing because people are going to go find somebody else. Why do I want to watch somebody who is miserable? Go, you know, there's five other pages of people to watch who I can, who are enjoying what they're doing. Exactly. Now, yeah. that's that's the best advice I give people all the time when they say they want to start a YouTube channel or they want to start streaming. My number one piece of advice is do it because you love it. Yeah. Do something that you love. Do something that you're passionate about. If it's if it's YouTube. It needs to be about a topic that you could literally talk about every day of your life and never get tired of it. Yeah. Right. Either, either because you're super knowledgeable and you know all about the every little nook and cranny and every nuance of it, yeah. or if it's something that you're super into and every waking minute of your life, you are reading, watching, writing, consuming yeah. about that topic. Yeah. And you're sharing that 
on your channel, right. there's a sense of passion and there's a sense, there's a sense of like, this person knows what's up. This person really knows what he's talking about or really loves what he's talking about. And that yeah. connects you to that audience. Yeah. Now, actually, I'm glad you joined me because there's a, you know, often I have these, this conversation with the, the content creators about, first of all, you know, being in America, health insurance, sick days, vacations days, you don't get those as a content creator. You've been doing this for a while. You've, you know, not sure how you may, you, you did without the health insurance, if you had a health insurance, but would you look to maybe the platforms themselves or, you know, software makers to have some sort of a, a, a parachute or package there to offer people like, you know, you can't do this six days a week and not need a, even the mental health day or you're sick. You need something there. If you're a Twitch partner, maybe you get a bank of hours or something like that. What's your thoughts? Yeah, that's uh, that's something that 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 does bother me from time to time. Um, you know, I don't. I, I was a big big believer in in 401ks when I was in the corporate world. Yeah. As soon as I got access to it, I did the maximum amount that they would they would uh, match. Um, you know, plan for retirement early. It just you, you, you get it taken out of your paycheck. You don't even realize it's being taken out, right? Right. When I quit my job and went full time here, again, my thoughts were my money is exponentially growing. I'll be fine. I'll get to a point where I'm making way more than my bills and I'll just put that away and invest it. Right. Yeah. So when the nunny went down and I went back down to roughly, I mean, I still make more than I was making when I was working in corporate America, but yeah. to the point where it was like, my wife's not working. Right. So right. the money kind of just, it all works out. I have not put in as much investing as I would like. And now that I've hit 40, it's got the reality to me where it's like, okay, we need to start figuring out what we're doing here. Because like, you know, this job is like a salesman's job, right? Every yeah. month you don't know what you're going to make. There is no consistent income, even on the subs with Twitch. Right. Sure. If you've gotten to a certain point where like every month you are making more than you are spending. Cool. Yeah. Now you're building up that savings account and you have extra money to play with. Um, you know, it was one of those things where like I did put a lot away and then did invest it. Yeah, I just don't have that liquid cash, right? And I'm not right. continuing to invest. It's like I have a good month, cool. Here's a couple thousand. Right. Next month, can't do that. Two months later, oh, cool. Here's you know 500. Here's a thousand. So it's one of those things where having healthcare, having 401k, having paid vacation days. I know some of those things exist with like certain um, what are those called? Like agencies, right? Yes. Like uh, yeah. you know, if you're a big enough streamer you're paying them for brand deals. You're paying them for whatever they give you those types of features and those types okay, of yeah. uh, benefits. But for the average Joe, you know, like I said, I, I call myself a blue collar streamer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. None of that exists. Uh, if I take a day off, I hope that I, you know, you come back when I come back and, right, uh, right. and I have, there's been, there's been times where I've taken off a week here or uh, you know, once upon a time for, for traveling with the, with the trailer, you know, I vlogged, but yep. for the streams, you know, I was gone for almost two weeks and it's right. like, yeah, that hurts your numbers. It hurts when you're, when you're gone for like, cause people make new routines right, right now. The routine is to be at my channel at 10 o'clock and watch me play this game. Yeah. But if I'm gone for two weeks, they're going to go find someone else to watch at 10 o'clock. Right. And if they happen to find new camaraderie and new community and there's this new sense of excitement. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to hang out with them even when I come back. Right. Yeah. Hey, welcome back, Clint. And then whoop, back to, you know, the new home base. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I, I kind of wish there was, but at the same at the same time, like you know, being uh, being an adult, I understand how contract work works, right? I'm right. a contractor. I'm yep. I'm I'm just being contracted to to stream and 
you know, do this thing and everything else is on me. Yep. So now another thing that's interesting, or well, not interesting, but you were involved with is GCX. Mm-hmm. What is GCX for people that don't know, first of all? So GCX is the uh, Gaming Community Expo. Uh, it originally came from the Destiny community. Um, three, oh, I didn't know that. Three Destiny, uh, well, I guess technically they were all streamers, but two were streamers and one was kind of a third party uh, fan, viewer, friend. Yeah. Uh, they, they got together at a bar as a kind of like a, hey, a couple of streamers in Florida are going to get together and get together for some beers and appetizers and, and you know, kind of like let their communities know, hey, we're having this little meet and greet. And I, I forget the exact number. But I'm just going to throw this out there. I think close to a thousand people showed up oh from these God. like four or five <laughs> streamer, six community members and the bar just got packed. Right. Yeah. And the, one of the guys was like an event coordinator. And so he was like this, you guys got something going on here with this, this, these are your fans. Like what if we just, we actually did some promotion. And so they rented out some space and they did the destiny community con one year and uh, I don't know the exact numbers that showed up, but it was a yeah. good amount of people. I went out that year because that's the year that I discovered all these guys and Twitch streamers and stuff like that. Yeah. I was still on YouTube at the time. Um, and so it was a Destiny Community... Was, I think it was Destiny Con. And then it was Destiny Community Con. And then they changed the name. They dropped Destiny. Bungie supported them, but they're like, yeah, you can't really use the name anymore. Right. They changed it to Guardian Con. And so it was guardian con for a couple of years and then when they got bigger and bigger and got more notoriety they wanted to start bringing other and they wanted to bring other developers and other games they didn't want yeah. it just to be a destiny conference um but a lot of people had a hard time you know signing up and paying to go to a destiny convention when you know you know gearbox wants it makes borderlands right right yeah so then they changed the name to gcx and okay. that's kind of just a quick dirty history there's a lot more detail there but that's yeah. that's how it started um so it's a it's a it's a gaming conference out of uh, Florida. Yeah, that is directly tied to raising money for St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, and uh, it started off as a Twitch charity marathon yeah. where it would start off on one of the lead you know guys, King Athalian, uh, yeah. and then he would raid the next channel, and then they would go for four hours, and they would they would raid the next channel. It would be a twenty four hour marathon for seven days leading up to the event. Yeah. And it's since grown. Uh, they have multiple events, not just the one charity marathon. Uh, you know, Dr. Lupo is now on the board. Yeah. And so he's very involved with with uh, raising money for them. They do Facebook and at the time Mixer, uh, yeah. you know, marathons as well. And so it's, it's, a, it's a gaming conference. You know, literally the hashtag gaming does good was kind of created around that, that conference. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, they, they raise a, a, a crazy amount of money for St. Jude. And so because I'm friends with a lot of these guys that started it and I've been going to every single one since its inception. Yeah. Um, the last two years I, I've always been involved with charity and raising money for, for St. Jude since I could. Yeah. Um, the last two years I actually got invited to be part of the marathon. So yeah. big honor to actually be on their channel as the way they do it now is they, we stream to the GCX channel. Yeah. And so that way it's all on one channel versus going from channel to channel to channel. Everyone just right. stays on the one channel. So and you've you've done this for a couple of years, and this year you you did your four hour stream and raised a bunch of money for St. Jude's, which is so awesome. Yeah. That's why my that's why the hair is colored. Uh, my fifteen thousand dollar goal was to to color my hair top donor's choice, so they got to pick the color. So originally it was green, 
uh, the green washed out and faded yeah. out, and it was just like a bleach blonde. And my daughter actually dyed my hair blue, just <laughs> just for fun. She's like, "I got some blue dye. I'll play around with it." I'm like, "Oh, whatever." I was watching Stranger Things. She let her do her thing. Nice. And then I also saw pictures of you in a romper. Ha! <laughs> yes. <What>? So, <laughs> so GCX. I uh, got what year was that? 2018. Uh, yeah, 2018. Um, there was a joke. There was a running meme from the founders of GCX that if they raised enough money on their block or whatever, they would yeah. do a men of destiny romper calendar. Oh my God. That was the, that was the running joke. Of course it never happened. And yeah. it was always just a joke. It was going to happen. I decided to show up to GCX with a romper and kind of play that lean into that. Yeah. So they're recording their podcast and I come walking down the aisle with a microphone. <laughs> I had, I knew the security. So they gave me a microphone. Yeah. And I come walking down the middle aisle and, and they just kind of stop their podcast and they're like, can we, can we recognize this beautiful man walking down the aisle? Like, and I'm like, I'm here for a photo shoot. I guess I'm the only one who got the memo. Like it was awesome. Right. So, uh, that was yeah, 2018. I wore the romper for a day and it was, you know, it was all fun and games. Well then 2019 yeah. moves around. Everyone's like, where's the romper dude? Where's the romper? I'm like, that was just a one-time thing. So fast forward now, two years later, cause you know, there wasn't, an, there wasn't an event two years yeah. in a row. Um, I put it on as a, as a charity milestone saying, Hey, if we raise this much money, I think it was $7,500. I'll wear a romper every day at GCX. Nice. And of course, they crushed that goal. Yeah. And so I brought the original from the first year, and then yeah. I bought two new ones, and I wore a romper all three days. Oh, my God. That's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> they're, well, they're surprisingly more comfortable than you think, and not as hot as you think. Yeah. I mean, I was in Florida, and I mean, it, it's shorts and a you yep. know, t-shirt. It, it's a one-piece onesie, but it's right. it was not hot at all. <laughs> that is awesome. Now, any other I charities? Think I, I, I think I, I think I may have cornered myself into being the romper guy now because yeah. everyone's like, you got to do this every year. So now I'm like, oh, I might have to just wear a romper every year to GCX now. <laughs> uh, now, are there any other charity organizations that you, you're part of that you, you know, want to recognize? Yep. Yep. The other charity that I work with, uh, is gamers outreach. Mm -hmm. Um, they do a charity event in March every year called gamers for giving. Uh, now originally it, uh, they're based out of Michigan. And so, uh, they have a giant land party at uh i think it's the university of michigan I, I, or michigan state whichever it's one of the two big yeah. colleges out there they let them use their arena and they set up wow. tables and, and stage and everything and people will come from miles away bring their pcs and set up their setup yeah and will live stream from the event raising oh money God. for charity um and uh they reached out to me in 2019 I think it was 2019. Yeah. Um, and they actually flew out a bunch of streamers and we had a little like streamer corral. Oh, nice. And they were, you know, filming it and streaming it. And, you know, we're there raising money and, and you know, doing all kinds of crazy incentives to, to raise money for charity. And so that yeah. was like my first like charity event. Yeah. And these gaming carts, oh, I'm sorry. So, so Gamers Outreach, they make gaming carts. That's what they do. So you're raising money and they build these gaming carts that are in hospitals where kids are treated. So yeah. either they're getting, they're getting their treatments or they're there for long-term care post, you know, post-op or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so that's what gamers outreach does. So these gaming cards, I don't know if they cost the same now, but they used to cost about $3,500 to make one, right? That yeah. includes the monitor, the, the stand, the whole thing. And then of course the PlayStation or Xbox that's inside there. Yeah. And um, so when I get there, I'm thinking like, okay, I'd love to raise enough money for one cart. So my goal was $3,500. Yeah. My community came out of nowhere 
And we raised $3,500 in like three hours. Wow. And I was like, I'm here for two days, you guys. Like, uh, okay, let's go for 7,000. Let's go for, you know, two gaming carts. Yeah. And so day one, I think we ended around 5,500 or 5,000. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, this is crazy. Day two, I go streaming again and we hit that $7,500 goal. And I think we got close to like eight grand. I'm like, yeah. are we going for three? Like, are we going with three? Like, the, you know, the event was over, but... I came home and uh, part of the the goals, right? One of the goals was to, because I, I, again, I only had the $3,500 milestone. I didn't think we were going to keep going. So I made right. a $7,000 milestone. I made a $10,500 milestone. And and so I dyed my hair. That was the that was one of the milestones. It was like, yeah. okay, for $7,500, I'll dye my hair. And so I did like this neon blue. Yeah. Well, I streamed me dyeing my hair. Yeah. And through the donation link, I said, donations are still going, guys. If we hit the 10.5, then you know, I'll buzz it off. My wife hates my hair buzzed off. So I'm like, I'll buzz it all off. And so while we were streaming that, we hit that $10,500 goal. And I was like, okay, well, I just hit my hair, but I guess I'm going to buzz it off now. <laughs> and so that was, uh, that was epic. That was the first year we went over 10,500. We raised enough for three carts. And, uh, I've been with, uh, we, obviously with the pandemic, we just did the charity, uh, remotely. Yeah. And so even this last year we did it remotely and I don't know if they're going to ever go back to the physical location. It's just, yeah. you know, times have changed with everything. Obviously right. it's a lot cheaper just to be remote, Yeah. but, um, we've raised enough for, I want to say it's, it's either 14 or this year made 17. For some reason, those two numbers are sticking yeah. in my head. I don't know if we just hit 14 or it was, it was 14 and this year makes it 17, but we basically Phoenix Children's Hospital here, uh, one of the biggest, most you know, uh, renowned children's hospitals in, in America, has like I said, fourteen or so carts directly uh, donated from my my oh, community. That's awesome. And I've I've wanted to go to the hospital and actually play games with kids and like yeah. you know uh, you know a lot of people do that with St Jude. I visited St Jude one year as well, uh, but it was my first time, so we didn't get to do the the, the play in the games. But yeah, I've, I've always wanted to do that because again, being a dad, being a father, like I couldn't imagine my kids, you know, needing yep. long-term care or something like that. Um, so I love the, I love that cause that they're able to give gaming to kids. Cause yep. you know, at this point, all kids love video games, whether they Absolutely. have them or not, they love playing them. So oh, that's good of you. That's awesome. Cool. All right. Well, we're wrapping up here. Uh, I really appreciate all the time you've, you know, you've given me today, but we got to talk a little Tarkov. How did you find this game? Ha. So, uh, when the game was announced, I think I was still elbow deep into Destiny. Uh, yeah. You know, played a little Call of Duty here and there. I think maybe I was playing some PUBG. It might have been the summer of PUBG. Yeah. Um, and a friend of mine sent me the trailer, and he goes, it's supposed to be this crazy first-person shooter that has all these other things. And I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. Let me know when it comes out. Yeah. Because I don't I don't pay attention to game launches. I don't pay attention to any yeah. of that stuff. It's like, whatever, right? Um, so Christmas of 2016... Yeah, I I remember seeing some stuff about uh, about the game on Twitter, and I think I tweeted BSG. Yeah, and I said something like checking out Tarkov or Tarkov looks cool. Here's a trailer, whatever. They DM'd me the BSG account oh, no DM'd way. me and said, "Hey, uh, uh, you know, thanks for thanks for your interest in, in Tarkov." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, man, I, I got some friends playing it, and it looks cool. This and that. I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out." And they go, have you purchased it yet? I said, no, not yet. It's it's in beta, right? And they're like, yeah, it's closed beta right now. It's gonna be open beta soon. Have you got a Have you got one yet? Have you got a copy? I said, no. Like, we'd like to give you a copy. Oh no. So way. they gave me the they gave me the hundred dollar version, right? Yeah. So the one right below EOD. And uh, I remember logging in. It was, this is like right around Christmas. 
I logged in. I played for two weeks. Yeah. Absolutely fell in love with the game. And I paid for the EOD. I paid the extra 40 yeah. whatever dollars for EOD, reset my account. And come the first of, you know, 2017, January, I hit the ground running in Tarkov. I remember DM them going, oh my God, I love your game. Thank you so much yeah. for the code. I, I upgraded to EOD. You know, if you ever guys come up with a creator program, I'm 100% want to be involved with the creator program. Yeah. And um, I played it for, you know, probably about a month or so solid. Yeah. But of course, went back to Destiny. Every time the new season would start, new content in Destiny, I'd always go back to Destiny. New Call of Duty would come out, I'd go play Call of Duty. Um, so I've been playing off and on since 2016. Yeah. But it was never my main game until just like a year ago. Yeah. Um, I, it was over a year ago. Yeah. So, so this last December, a year ago, that wipe. Yeah. I remember telling my community, because every time there was a wipe, new content, I would jump in, play for like a month and then back to home base, whatever yeah. home base was. Right. Right. And I remember telling my community, they're like, Hey, are you going to play this next wipe in Destiny and uh, in Tarkov? And I was like, yes, but this time I'm going to go hard. This time I'm actually going to play the game and really try to flesh it out and, yeah. and, and make it through the content. Right. Because I'd, you know, you start off with that pocket watch and you start right. off killing scabs <laughs> with AKSs yep. and, you know, and it's like, I, it was always the same old same. And I, and I was one of those early ones like, Oh, this sucks, man. I don't want to play the same shit over again. Right. Um, so, so, you know, that last wipe, um, Reserve, I think it was the, the year the Reserve came out. Yeah. Um, that was the year that I kind of got into it and got hard into Tarkov. And yeah. um, that's also when I started starting paying attention to who streams it, who's in right. the directory. And I remember when this is, so this was three, I mean, I guess it would have been around the time that the game, when I got the end of the game, I remember streaming that game at night when my kids yeah. and my kids and wife were in bed. And, you know, I'd be in the top five of the directory with like 200 viewers. Yeah. Right. Like that's how the small the game wow. was, how small the directory was. You know, little old me with a hundred viewers would quickly grow to two to two fifty because I was in like the top five, right? And in some cases, top two because enough of viewers gravitated towards my stream, yeah. And I wasn't a complete noob at it, right? And so, always one of those hindsights, like, man, imagine if I would have kept playing the game full time. <laughs> you know, where's my streamer item? You know, right? Yeah. Uh, but oh. but no, it, it was always a, a game that I fully loved and enjoyed, but I yeah. always went back to the comfort zone right. of Destiny or Call of Duty or PUBG or whatever game I was yeah. playing at the time. Oh, um, cool. So now it's now it's my full game, my full time. You know, I love it. It's my main game. Yeah, I love it. Um, I really don't play Destiny much these days. Um, I still dabble in other games like uh, like I'll tell you right now what I have installed right now. You know, I got Destiny, I got Tarkov. Um, I do love Magic the Gathering Arena, though I just don't stream anymore because yeah. very different ga it, communities is, and games. Yeah. Um, I love a good uh, survival game called Icarus. Yeah. It's a session-based survival game, very much like Tarkov, where every time you load in, it's a fresh raid, fresh wipe. Yeah. Um, and so you load in, you have to build up your, you know, your base, survive, gather, and then go do the mission and then go back up to space, turn in your quest, gather your money. Yeah. buy new equipment, go back down. Okay. I love that game. Oh, cool. um, but uh, another, the only other game that's really on my radar that I'm looking forward to uh, is Destera. Okay. It is a sci-fi rust. Oh. It is, exact, it, is, it is very much a rust competitor, yeah. but it's in a sci-fi world. And uh, oh, it's very cool. early, very early stages right now. I played the beta. Uh, it's open right now. You can technically go into and play the demo, yeah. but uh, it needs some more work. It needs some more time in the oven. But yeah. I'll keep my eyes on that for right. sure. Cool. All right. So now, are there any other content creators that people should check out that you like to watch? 
I uh, the list is very long. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I know I know you've you've already brought on a few, uh, you know some of my friends and and colleagues um, yeah. recently. I'm trying to think of maybe someone. That's so hard to pick and choose. Uh, I mean, there's there's so many. I guess it depends on. Uh, I'm assuming you want Tarkov specifically. No, I'm. Uh, first of all, anyone. First of all, anyone. People should check out, and then we'll get to the last question of the the pod here. So, are there you know people out there that people you like to watch that people should check out? I mean, I I, I look up. I pull up my follow list. Obviously, majority of it right now is Tarkov streamers. Yeah. Um. You know, and I watch everyone from the big guys at the top, like you know Willard, Landmark, and yeah. Trey, Lupo, all the way down to you know uh, some some friends of mine like uh, Crazen, uh, the Confusion that play the game. You know, uh, either full time or passively, yeah. or you know they have a full time job and play in the evenings. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those things where it really comes down to I can recommend streamers, but everyone has their own flavors and, and tastes. Yeah. And same thing goes with the big guys, right? Like some people like Shroud, some people like Summit, some people yeah. like you know Tim the Tatman, and some people like Doctor Disrespect. Like, there's very much a, a, a variety of like what it is you're looking for. Are you looking for high end gameplay where you yeah. like I don't care if the streamer talks because I've got called out for like talking too much. Like you talk yeah. too much, just play the game. You know, it's like. <laughs> I'm that kind of streamer. Like I like talking to my chat, Um, you know, or are you looking for more of a community-based streamer who is talking to their chat and engaging and they'll pause their game or die. I've died so many times talking to my chat because I'm just not paying attention to what's on screen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're right there. You, you do, you are right. You have the head cracking streamer who is just, people are there to watch the content, watch him, you know, basically dominate the map. You have the storyteller and then you have Mm -hmm. the, the person who just loves is there for their community. And that, you know, back and forth. Uh, that's, you know, that's what they love. I would say just real quick off the top of my head, some streamers to check out, uh, rock mom. Yeah. Fantastic. She's a Tarkov streamer, uh, plays a lot with, uh, a variety of, of different play, uh, people. Um, a good friend of mine who, who's a main Warzone streamer, his name is dot underscore CR. Uh, he's hilarious. He's funny. He's an older guy like me. Yeah. Um, but he puts the hours in. He's really good. But like he's like very loud over the top. Yeah. So it's it's one of those like you got to be in the mood for his energy because his energy is always like up here. Yeah. He's a yeller. He's a screamer, and it's this, but it's his shtick, right? It's his thing, right. and it's it's hilarious. It's oh. so his energy is amazing. Yeah. Cool. All right. So you survived the podcast, and now I'm asking you to throw somebody under the bus who I should reach out to, and it doesn't mean a Tarkov streamer. It could be Fortnite, Destiny, somebody who you think has a good story to tell. Oh, good story to tell. Um, you know, I honestly would love to hear more about Mr. Meme, more okay. from Mr. Meme's uh, story. And I, you know, I almost feel like I should, I should know who you've had on the podcast. <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> suggest that you were to have a podcast. I have not had Mr. Memes. I have to go find him and, and check him out and reach out. Mr. Meme is a, he's a Tarkov streamer. Uh, we, yeah. we played, uh, we played the pretty much the first like week or two of the wipe together. Yeah. Um, he's a father. He's got a baby on the way. Oh, nice. Uh, great guy, friendly, great at the game. Great guy just to hang out with. Like I said, yeah. I've really enjoyed just, you know, being in discord and playing games with him. Cool. Um, yeah, that's, that's who I would, uh, that's who I would have you reach out to. For All sure. right, Mr. Memes, I'm coming for you. All right. Well, Hey, thank you so much. I really can't thank you thank enough you. for the, for the time you spent and, and sharing your stories, your advice and in your opinions. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. And thanks for having me on.